live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O. Morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right. Welcome in 8, excuse me, 608. 808, of course, out in the Atlantic Ocean right now and in parts of Canada. 608 here in Lincoln. I know we've got listeners floating around in the Atlantic Ocean, so I want to make sure that they are covered as well. We're basically pirate radio. Right. Just hope you had enough room on the uh, on the door that you're floating on for both you and your loved one. Ten years, I'll be pirate. I'm a matey. Or our friends in Newfoundland. That's true. Parts of Canada, like I said. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, don't leave them out. Big Newfoundland fans. Oh, yeah. LNK today with Jack and Friends. Uh, your uh, temperature in Newfoundland right now, minus 37. Uh, that's just a guess, but <laughs> I think it's about there. In Lincoln, that makes it seem not that bad in Lincoln, even though it is uh, a little bit colder, not quite as nice today. 27 degrees right now, cloudy skies, uh, potential of some light rain and snow throughout the course of the day today. It's actually uh, uh, 19 degrees up in St. John's, Newfoundland. That's it? Yeah. Oh, but so much for the Newfoundland hype. <laughs> They got a high of 21. I thought they were out there 20 below hunting wolves and stuff and chopping wood and that's it. It's just it's just 21 and they're just drinking coffee at yeah. the coffee shop like we are. Now you're thinking old Finland. Oh, that, yeah, that's, that's where a very it's real different cold. place. Yep. Very different place. Well, anyway, uh, yeah, 27 degrees. Got a couple of cooler days, maybe a little bit of precipitation, mixed bag precipitation coming up here for the next two days as a cold front moves in. And then we uh, return back to the 50s, sunny skies for the weekend. So that's looking really good. Uh, and still, I'm still waiting, guys. I still haven't seen it. I'm going to check one more time right as we speak. But looking for that 8 to 14 day outlook where uh Lincoln finally moves out of the above normal uh still just hanging on to the above normal for January tw- uh, 19th through 25th so it may it may be the very end of January that we get below normal again for those high temperatures but well, uh, we'll see. We'll we'll uh, we'll take it through the month of January. Got a good show for you today. It's Thursday morning. Uh, it means a couple of things for you. Number one, it means it's Ticket Thursday. We got tickets to see Nebraska versus Ohio State. That is Wednesday, right? Wednesday night. Plus, correct. Apparently, we're throwing in a parking pass this time. That's uh, nice. Parking that's, passes are nice. It's very. Very nice addition to the prize package as Nebraska men's basketball will look to get back on track on Wednesday with a big home game. You know, they they go to Purdue on Friday. I don't think I'm stepping out of line by saying that's going to be an uphill battle uh, on the road against the top five team. Uh, So if they aren't able to pull up the major upset there, that is going to be a big game. you know, uh, one of those one of those probably must win games if you want this season to be weird in a really good way. So, uh, yeah, it should be hopefully a good night. I think we'll finally have the students back at Pinnacle Bank Arena at that point as they finish up the longest holiday break in history. I have what? No, they don't start till the twenty third. The twenty third. Matt McMaster's in here shaking his head. No, I didn't. I didn't realize it. Uh, they are still off. This is. I have a friend. Um, I was talking to him yesterday and his son is a freshman at the university and he was like, he was like, yeah, he's still home. And he's like, uh, we're ready for classes to start again. This is too long. It, well, we got point. off the 16th and we come back the 23rd. 
So it's my about, about a month and a week. You I left another week. Yeah, I, I have. Yeah, basically like eight days, nine days. I'm not really counting. I don't really want school. To you're start. not. You're not on the. You're not on my friend's son's uh, plan no, where but, he wants things to get going. Again. But I left. Let's see. I I got home the 21st and I left the 6th of January. So I got right. out pretty quick. My parents. They love me and I love them, but I'm at the age now where they're like, you know. Yeah, that's a little too much. Two and a half weeks is fine. You know, five weeks is a little too much. Right. Well, good. We're glad to have you back. And if if you were. uh, ever dressed up this morning? Well, if you were were watching uh, Big Big BTN Plus, Big 10 Plus, whatever it's called, uh, Matt was on the call last night for Nebraska women's basketball versus Penn State. So if you watch that game, you got a chance to hear Matt doing that. So that was cool to have one of our colleagues on the air for that. Also, I was dressed up very nice and Kayla. Caleb was very impressed with how it was dressed, so he said, look, when you come in tomorrow, you have to also dress up as nice, so I'm dressed up tonight. All right, there you go. Because that's what my boss told me to do. I'm All a right. company man. <laughs> it's nice of you to care how you look around it's, us, too. Uh, you know what? If Caleb, te- <laughs> Caleb tells me to dress up, I'm not dressing up, uh, just for the record. <laughs> I, I know where the lost causes are. <laughs> I know where the losing battles oh, are. I don't know. Yeah, I've, I think I'm grandfathered in to any sort of uh, dressing up rules that exist. You are in grandfathered into the car go shorts and then buttoning up shirts where you um, don't actually match them up one to one. I don't know why he, that's a problem. That's like, <laughs> uh, making sure that you wear undershirts where the sleeves are longer than the the shirt on top. Yes, by yeah, about two three inches. That's good. I'm doing the I'm doing the long sleeve shirt under the short. I'm making sleeve you sound shirt like you, you're dressed for a carnival. Yeah, I know. No, I'm I'm doing the old. I'm I, I got all these nice summer shirts that I like, but so I'm doing the uh, like it's the '90s again, wearing the long sleeve shirt under the short sleeve shirt. That's, I'm that's, trying to bring that's, that. That's back. layers. Yeah, I'm trying. Yeah, where's Brittany when you need her? Wichita, Wichita, <laughs> at K A K E, which sounds like cake. That would make me hungry. That's what it was there. called in Wichita. I used yeah. to, I used to be on that TV yeah. station. Did you? All mm-hmm. right, cake, yum. Why, I, why do you know that? Do I still follow her on Twitter? <laughs> it's so funny. You don't just unfollow people when I they know, take jobs. I feel somewhere bad. Else. I feel bad. I also follow like. Uh, uh, like Luke Doris, who used to be at Channel 8. And so now, like, I feel bad. I do this with local media people when they leave. I keep following them because I feel, I don't know, I'm just such a nice guy, I guess. I, I don't want to unfollow them. But then I'm always like, oh, man, I'm really getting a lot of Miami weather information from Luke, right? Are you, are or, you getting all the Louisville uh, weather from Alden, German? Uh, I'm sorry, I don't think I ever followed him in the first place. That wasn't, but I, or like uh, Jordan Pascal used to write for the Lincoln Journal Star. Now he covers, uh, he covers just the beat of like transportation in Washington D.C. <laughs> I think for NPR there, and I some ultra specific information, like a real niche bit of information you are invested into still, the metro i know and i like don't know i'm like man I, I i mean i like these people jordan's even been on my show a couple of times uh but i don't want him to pull it up sometimes so wow jack and they you know so anyway that's uh neither here nor there right now uh so anyway <laughs> giving away those tickets uh we're gonna play what is lnk today with jack and friends thinking of because the last two times i've written either Current events quiz or the lie detector. Uh, I think you guys all hated it. So they like the current events quiz. I don't know if they. But they never used the the help. Yeah, I don't know. We it just hasn't gone well. So well, I think we lowered the threshold on both of them. Yeah, we're, it, it it hasn't gone well. So we're gonna hopefully make things a little easier. Um, I I think the I think the real bottom line and Caleb and I were talking about this yesterday, Mark, is it's probably time to bring in season four of 
uh, of generation collaboration, most likely. That, or we need to come up with a whole new game. That's fine. We can do that too. We've done. Caleb's done that a few times when I'm not here. Yeah, I've, I've done some uh, improper censoring. Yeah. So we'll uh, we'll we'll uh, we'll do just for today. We'll do uh, what are we thinking of? And it might be next week that we get going with generation collaboration again. But I think I'm a little hesitant, Mark, because do we really want to see Caleb have the same guy call in, get him two wins, and then not the, win again, the and then de- declare himself the champion? Well, yeah, that's the I issue. Just, I I don't know. Sorry, we know how to play the percentages. <sighs> so, and Mark and I, meanwhile, have ten, twelve, fifteen attempts at this thing, and. Uh, and then you know the the Gen Z with Matt and my son. They've At never my age, I've, won, I've got to remember question, so right? much more. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, what do we got? We got the announcement. Who who could ever guess? I mean, there's no way of knowing uh, who Jim Pillen will announce a couple hours from right now as to who will be the Nebraska U.S. Senator. A pool of candidates, all with great qualifications and a difficult choice for him. Uh, they're keeping it secret, and no one has any idea who is going to be behind the curtain. I don't know if how they if that's how they do it. Do they open up a curtain and, the, no, and hey, they, they just walk hey, into the hearing room at hey, nine o'clock? Hey everyone, it's Brian Sloan. Surprise! You know, oh God, that's Brett Lindstrom's music. I, 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 don't, I don't know. If, we will. Uh, we will. We will see. Um, or it could be. I mean, it could even be the former governor, Pete Ricketts. A lot of people haven't. If Pillen comes in with a Cubs shirt on, yeah. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people aren't talking about it, but it very well could be him. I understand that he he applied with it, and I understand that he and Pillen have been close. So we will see what happens with that, but that will be announced. I don't Uh, think it's going to be Don Bacon, by the way. Yeah, even well, you know, somebody else, uh, somebody else applied on his behalf, essentially, from what I understand. Uh, what that's at nine o'clock? Is that right? Nine yes. o'clock today, so yes. not during the show. So thanks. Of course. Again, I want to thank everyone in in state government, really every level of newsmaking for making sure your news comes out at nine o one a.m. Exactly when our show goes off the air. It's always very helpful hey, to this. Program. But also nine o one a.m. announcements are fantastic on Saturday mornings. That's true. That's true. <laughs> yes, yeah, for the Husker Hour does does get the benefit of actually being on the air when those things happen. So uh, we can cover whatever happens tomorrow on Request Line Friday. And of course, the newsroom, uh, and I'm sure Commander Jack tonight will uh, will get you the latest on that decision, likely sending uh, sending former now Governor Pete Ricketts to Washington D.C. Uh, all right. And then the other thing, uh, Mark, is we now have an idea of at least what one of the proposals is going to be in the Unicam when it comes to uh, abortion. Uh, something we, you know, we knew was going to be a big discussion this year uh, after the Dobbs ruling, but not necessarily knowing exactly what that proposal was going to look at. You had a trigger bill last year that was a total ban. You had conversations during the fall about a special session uh, that would have been. A less strenuous bill that would have been, I believe, a. I think the discussion was about a ten-week ban. They said they didn't have the numbers for last uh, the last legislative group, the last legislative class. So they waited till this one, and the proposal was announced yesterday uh, by Senator Albright, but with with several people standing beside her and behind her and in supporting her with co-sponsors. And this is what they're calling uh, a fetal heartbeat bill. And so this is uh, going to be based on the time 
when there is a, 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 a heartbeat that is uh, can be percepted uh, from a fetus. And so that would be a basically, as I understand it, a six week, six week ban, roughly, yeah. roughly six week ban. Uh, she also uh, had in the bill some other things. It's not um, it, it's it's not as. Uh, what's the right word, restrictive, as some states have done, or as, as frankly, I think probably people thought Nebraska would go with this thing originally, or as the trigger bill was. Um, it does not essentially make this make it a crime for doctors or patients if they were to go prior, or excuse me, after that six-week period. Um, but it does involve the potential sanctioning of the doctor, losing licensure, those sorts of things. Uh, and there are also the common exceptions that you'll see in some of the state laws uh the senator said she would have rather gone more restrictive with the bill that was her preference but it was interesting to hear her say this she essentially said the political realities right now in the state of nebraska is that there's not going to be enough support for something like that and so it's um it's something where she's giving a little ground on this than more than she would have liked to but nonetheless, she thinks this is the most politically expedient bill right now at this point. Um, and of course, as you would probably expect, got opposition from um, from some in the legislature and from some groups around the state as well. Uh, but I guess the bottom line is we now have an idea kind of where on that spectrum of possible laws from uh, more restrictive to more lenient this thing is going to be. And um, people aren't going to like me characterizing this way, but I don't. All I mean is within that spectrum from complete total ban, it's a crime, uh, no exceptions, to much later ban, 10, 12 week uh, with lots of exceptions, it's it's kind of somewhere in the middle on that level of spectrum um, of the, the different types of bill that are out there in different states and that have been discussed in Nebraska. Now, she says she's uh, confident that they've got the numbers for this. They didn't have the numbers for the trigger bill. They didn't have the numbers for the special session. We've got a new group of legislators voting on this, though, and so you can't necessarily rely on what the makeup was last time around during the last legislative session. So um, interesting, Mark. We've talked a lot during this uh, this this break and really since the ruling happened at the Supreme Court about exactly what kind of a bill might be suggested here during this session, and now we finally have the answer to that. Well, we have uh, the answer to what she's proposing. We'll have to see right. what uh, there could be. There could be yeah. other bills. And, That's a fair and point. She, yeah. she did say she's going to prioritize this bill, so it'll get its ten and a half hours of debate as a result. So that a lot can happen there. She's also introducing, and it's not a companion bill; it's another one, uh, the Nebraska Pregnancy Help Act, and that would incentivize private donations to more than twenty pregnancy health centers across the state. So that's kind of the other. <laughs> Um, item that she's introducing probably a little less controversial there but um, yeah we'll but you know the the pregnancy help centers those are the ones that have have seen and not necessarily in nebraska but that's uh, those are the ones that have been targeted by some of the groups uh, wanting to um you know have roe v wade back in in effect right. as a matter of fact uh, i believe it was uh, congressman don bacon uh introduced legislation along that line on on uh, pregnancy help centers 
uh, nationally. We'll have to see where that goes. And then the other, the other note on this is a similar, there are other states who do have similar laws to the one that was proposed yesterday, um, including South Carolina. And they, they just had a Supreme Court decision, uh, that came down a few days ago, which was a three to two decision that said that their act, South Carolina's act, illegally infringes on a woman's right to privacy there. Um, and so that, uh, that likely, uh, maybe goes up then to the Supreme Court. We'll see what goes from there. But, uh, interestingly enough, now the South Carolina case isn't necessarily binding in Nebraska, but that's kind of another factor in, in discussing this whole thing. So, yeah. uh, anything else that we've got, Mark? Those are the two first things right away that stood out to me this morning. Mm, no, the, I mean, it's Nash or it's, um, yeah, what is it? I got to get the, it's National Radon Health uh, Awareness Week month. The yeah. governor talked about. Evidently, Nebraska is the third highest uh, level of radon uh, in the nation. I yeah. used to do a, uh, a, a, a endorsement for a radon remediation company, and they would throw oh. that that number out too, no, which I was always realize. surprising. And uh, the highest one of the other than smoking, basically one of the highest. Uh, lung cancer causes in the nation and in the country as well what's so. the reason for the levels being higher here well it radon is a result of uranium that's breaking down and evidently uh, deep down in the soil we've got uh, you know uranium that uh, uh, is degrading and and mm-hmm. that was at least from my understanding that's the source of this and so we must have a situation that it either travels into this area or it it's deep in the uh, First crossed and and comes interesting. Uh, up, right. so. But that that is something, and and they're proposing uh, Department of Health and Human Services proposing some uh, support for people to get test uh, testing done for their residences and that type of thing. All right. Because uh, there are mitigation uh, remedies for this. And then uh, in, in sports, Nebraska women's basketball victory last night. Caleb will have more on that. And a little bit over a month after he was hired, it looks like Matt Rule finally has his staff, Caleb, fully completed. Good. That's your analysis from sports director <laughs> Caleb Henry. No, yes, it, it's, they're finally in there. We're going to wait to see what that $7 million pot officially looks like when we get all of the salaries. Right, right. So a couple more couple more hires that were officially announced. Yep. And, so uh, they got their full looks like 10. they've got everybody now. Well, and then full 11 once you count the, the strength coach. All right. Yep. So there you go. More on that coming up in sports. Got our sound off in about 10 minutes. Don't forget. Uh, also, ticket Thursday at 710. Your chance to win Nebraska men's basketball tickets. 8 o'clock hour today. The Girl Lincoln team and the return of Greg Sharp. Did you guys know that when a cowboy is happy, he's actually a jolly rancher? <laughs> at 6, 626. It's LNK Today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. Sign up for the daily at KLIN.com to get today's top local and Husker news sent straight to your email. A look at news from both inside and outside of Lincoln and conversation on how that news affects us here. It's time for the Sound Off on LNK Today. I'm going to start giving you guys heads up because we are... What do we say yesterday? Five weeks out? Five weeks out. Yeah, five weeks out from tomorrow. Five weeks in a day. Five weeks in a day until Munch Madness Selection Show. Guys. Six seasons in a movie. It's gonna be big. I don't it's gonna be I've created something bigger than I can control right now with Munch Madness. <laughs> I think it's fair to say. Uh, and the selection show will come up on Friday. For those of you who are new to the show, in the last several months, Munch Madness is an annual event where we uh, pit local restaurants 
in good fun against each other, bracket style. 64 local restaurants in a bracket battling it out during the month of March uh, to see who is the year's favorite restaurant. And last year, Norm's on 48th, something that I thought was only a gas station. When we started the selection show, Mm -hmm. I later found out was also qualified as a restaurant for Munch Madness. Uh, won the thing, went all the way as a 16 seed and won the thing. The year before, Muchachos uh, won the whole thing. And so we're bringing back the 64 team bracket, local restaurant, no restrictions. All, all reason, The only reason I'm saying it now, and I'm going to do it lots of times between now and the 15th, is number one, tell you to get it on your calendar, listen on the 15th. What the 15th is, is we take your calls, texts, emails, uh, faxes, uh, singing telegrams, anything mm-hmm. where you support the carrier the, pigeon, the restaurants you think should be in the bracket, where you basically said this this restaurant's got to be in, and it's a you know it's a not a, a it's not a perfect one to one correlation, but we kind of take the temperature of the listening audience that day, and we we put the field together of mm-hmm. sixty four, uh, and and kind of seed them based on that and a few other things, and that's what you and then there it always happens after it's over, it's like. Well, idiot, because you weren't. Li- Sorry. Well, nice person, because you weren't listening uh, or or doing this on Friday, and so you're whining after the fact. Is I'm I'm giving you five weeks notice, okay? And your friends and your fellow restaurants, the people in your neighborhood, the people at your church. You're a month and a half from things. hearing those complaints, and you're already mad about it. I, listen, I, but I just want to be able to say, I just want to be able to say, when we release that bracket. On like February nineteenth or whenever we do it, and we post it, and the first comment's like, "This is so stupid. How did you even pick these things?" I've been saying it for five weeks. Okay, you've you've got the power. But how are you going to pit a breakfast place against a barbecue place, Jack? I'm I am I am going to be more ready for the complaints this year than ever. I am going to have preempted them a year ago. Like, well, you tried to, but no. This year, I'm going to have written essays for each person who are we going to get you to blog. Maybe, maybe we'll see. I mean, it is two thousand three, so uh, can can we have you do a TikTok? I've done one TikTok in my life. That was when I was training for the celebrity softball game. Do you remember that one? Did you ever see that one? God no. Oh what? Yeah, two years ago when I oh I'll have to show it to you. You were, tra- you were you'll, training for that. You'll get a kick out of that. Didn't I gotta look like find it. it. I gotta find it. Wow. <laughs> I had to come in and pitch for you. Terrible. That, okay. <laughs> Uh, we're going to get to the, the basketball calls at the end of the sound off here. we got more important things to do. Like, you know what? More classified docs found. Yeah. It's, it's more, more classified docs <laughs> found at uh, somewhere. I don't know. I don't know exactly where it is at another place. That they Not at been? the first Biden office in D.C., but some other place exactly. White House Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre defended her boss. He believes that uh, classified documents and information should be taken seriously. He takes them seriously. No word yet on where the latest batch of documents was found or when. Meanwhile, Missouri Republican Senator Josh Hawley tells Fox he wants this situation handled the same way as when classified documents were found at former President Trump's estate. The Democrats 
they're all for equity. Well, what's equitable here is that there be a special counsel. The attorney generals assigned the U.S. attorney in Chicago to review some of the documents. In Washington, Jill Nato, Fox News. And I played those in the reverse order I meant to. Here's another one that actually goes more into the background. Sources tell Fox News that aides to the president actually discovered at least another batch of classified documents from his time as vice president. And the truth is, tonight we know that there actually could be even more. The latest discovery comes after it was revealed on Monday that aides found other classified documents at a private office at the Biden Penn Center here in Washington, D.C. Now, for his part, the 46th president praised his lawyers, adding they did the right thing by immediately turning the documents over to the National Archives. Then he claimed he was surprised to learn that there were any government records that were taken there to that office. All right, here we go. And now it's and now it's time for everyone to to reverse whatever their selective outrage was the last time that, that happened, all right? Time Whatever's for most beneficial time, for you. Time for everyone to to to, <laughs> to show their incredible inconsistency on things, right? Uh, it's the hallmark of American politics today, one would say, if you're as cynical as I am about things. Uh, but by the way, yeah, investigate it. Absolutely. A hundred percent. Investigate it. Figure out what happened, why it happened, what kind of knowledge there was, how much there is, what it was about, who's seen them. Investigate these things. If all, I mean, if we keep electing people... Uh, keep people who are president who can't keep the classified docs where they need to be. That's probably on us. But unfortunately, what's going to happen is half of us are going to still back, you know, back one of them and half of them are still going to back the other one. And then we're just going to say one of them's great and the other one's terrible. Yep. That, I mean, that's, that's this is politics today. <laughs> and I'm not saying they're the exact same thing, by the way, but, but the investigation can determine that. The investigations and we can find out i mean if you want a legal perspective on it yes the statute is fairly clear i could break it down for you but it's kind of boring uh but but yes investigate it um <laughs> policy and actions do don't it. matter it only right. matters whether or not they're my guy yep pretty much pretty much uh so anyway we will uh we'll see what happens but yeah they might i mean I don't even know why you'd be opposed to having it in, in, in investigated in whatever in the same way, independent from the existing. Yeah. You know, not having. I, I mean, I wouldn't have Garland involved in the whole thing, independent from that whole thing. Investigate it. Keep investing the Trump thing. I mean, listen, it, it very well could happen that they both do stupid things. Yes. In fact, I feel fairly confident <laughs> that that's the case, given that I said, "Hey, one of you parties might want to decide to run someone else." For one of these presidential elections, and nobody's going to. They're going to take both. We're going to get them both, both back, and yeah, that's uh, that's what we're looking forward to. Great job, everyone. Well done. Yeah, way to <laughs> way to back your guy. Uh, sorry, I'm in. A, <laughs> what else? I got a big inflation preview today. That's exciting. It might be good though. It might be good. This we are we over are we over the proverbial hill on inflation? Has the has the Fed jacked these interest rates up so high that we've made a huge difference 
or some kind of a difference, at least in terms of inflation. How high are prices you're paying for the goods you need? The Labor Department releases December's Consumer Price Index this morning, and economists have been saying they expect it to show inflation is dropping. Forecasts for the CPI say it may show year-over-year inflation for December dropped down to 6.7% compared to November when it was just over 7%. But that drop may not be enough to keep the Federal Reserve from raising interest rates at its meeting at the end of this month. They've been hiking rates in an effort to cool the economy and lower inflation. Jill Nato, Fox News. Uh, we're about 25 minutes from our first time saver traffic with Chris Lofgren, but right now at 27th and Vine, there is a uh, a traffic accident there. There was a car out in the, the middle of that intersection. All right. Looked like there was some debris on the, the road like as well. people are driving right around it to me. Yep. So. <laughs> Anyway, all right, be careful on uh, 27th and Vine. And speaking of cars, whether they're stopped in an intersection or driving where they should be, uh, prices are still going up on those things. Speaking yeah, of inflation, yeah, holy mo- I uh, Okay, I'll tell my story after I listen to, the, to this clip here. Kelly Blue Book says the average new vehicle price hit a record in December, about $49,500. That's up nearly 2% from November and about 5% over a year ago. They report truck sales were up in December, even though the average price paid for a new truck was over $59,000. They also say new vehicle inventory is recovering from the pandemic drop, so the number of cars and trucks on dealer lots is on the rise, but prices are staying high. Jill Nato, Fox News. Man, you people buying new cars, I don't know how you do that. Holy cow. Oof. 59? I'd like to have a truck too at some point in my. But you, if I ever get one, you can bet I'm paying. I'm paying cash for that baby. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that's it. It will have at least one hundred twenty thousand miles on it when I buy that. Man, I don't like uh, being the 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 strategy of car buying that I've embraced um, and and my family has embraced is basically buy something. That's that's used. That's slightly used. Mm-hmm. That feels kind of newish, still a little bit. If you can do, and we've been able to do that more as we've gotten older and yeah. and been a little bit more financially stable. But buy that, and then for us at least, you don't need to do it like we did. But I'm just sharing this, uh, share, sharing the, the. But and then the goal is ten years with that thing. Mm-hmm. That's a that's a straight decade with that thing, and and here's the thing. And then after that, it's a trade in for the next time that you you do that. Yeah. And and the benefit of doing it that way, and you've got to have a car that's not a complete lemon, basically. They've got to be good cars that you don't have a ton of problems with, but we've been lucky, except for one of our cars with that. The good thing with that is, like, you get a ding in it, right? You you, you have... you. You're, we've had all kinds of different things, little little things, and or your daughter every time she gets out of one of the cars hits the door on the other car for a period of five years, <laughs> that sort of thing. You don't lose too much sleep over the whole thing, right? You're like, right? I mean, I'm trading this thing in for twelve hundred dollars anyway. <laughs> at 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 some point with with a hundred eighty five yeah. two hundred thousand miles on it as well. So and depending on the dealership. One of the things that I would make sure when you like, if you're looking for a car, ask them about any of their their kind of loaner cars that they yeah. they let people take because they're working on an oil change, they're doing something else, and they get to just take one of the other vehicles that they pretty much let them drive off the lot for the day. Yeah. Once those reach a certain threshold, five thousand, ten thousand miles, it's still basically a new car. 
yeah. that has been completely up to date on all of its maintenance, and you yeah. get a pretty decent deal out of it. But but that's uh, that's uh, it's it's uh, I don't know. I love not worrying about all of the little things that happen to your car because mm-hmm. I'm like whatever it's mine it's a little cosmetic I don't, I don't as long as it runs right and, and uh I still have I got to get through two more years on mine and it'll be a decade nice all I've done all I've done a day de- I might go longer than that on this one though kind of I like my uh I like my Highlander uh all right our, our Jeep's three years old three all right think it'll make it seven more yeah all right that's good that is good Plus, I did well, like our earlier cars, and you know this, having a kid, the earlier cars, I remember the we we bought one, one of ours the same year my son was born, and so that was the one that I actually traded in for this one that we have now. Uh-huh. That thing had so many, like, milk stains, <laughs> and just like, the kids, kids will absolutely decimate a backseat when they're little. Kids and dogs. Oh, well, yeah, and, and dogs. <laughs> so we got a dog. Uh, all right. Uh, what? Uh, oh, latest. You, we had this story. Not to brag, I was a. Uh, we were the first place that I heard this thing about gas stoves. Mm-hmm. Remember we were talking about that the other day. That's like blown up since we talked about it. Yeah, it has. People are freaking out about the you, the government potentially banning gas stoves. People are upset, mostly because they don't want their choice to be taken away. In New Jersey, the vast majority use gas stoves. 39% of homes in America use gas for cooking. The concern from the Consumer Product Safety Commission is the link between cooking on a gas stove and childhood asthma. That's what they say. But those within the industry say that's not really the problem. The Association of Home Appliance Manufacturers, which represent both gas and electric stoves, they say it's not about what you cook on. It's instead what you breathe in. So they're hoping the commission looks into ventilation Ah. and doesn't jump to any conclusions. Okay. Okay. Get one of those hoods above the thing. Maybe that's what you need. Real Keep nice. the window uh, open. Real nice kitchen updates for everybody. Uh, yep. We got our gas stove. Do you guys ever do, nice. do you guys ever do like s'mores in the winter? On the gas stove? Yeah. No. Get a flame going? No. Okay. What? Just like hold them over the stove, the open flame on the stove? Yeah. Just stand around it? Yeah. That sounds stupid. Do that. You can heat up some tortillas on there. I know Matt's into that. <laughs> Uh, no, I've never done that to answer your question. We usually go outside when we do that. Bagels? Uh, no. <laughs> uh, let's see. Let's get, uh, all right, let's get a couple more, and then I want to play those basketball clips here. Uh, you know what's here? It's, uh, it's January 12th. Uh, you know, January and February, for, for some people, can be the worst time of the year. But if you are big into Girl Scout cookies, oh, it's time. It is time, and we got something new this year. the 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 level of expansion in terms of the flavors of Girl Scout cookies is is out of control, frankly. Expanding and changing the names. I can't keep track of things, and that continues into this year. Local timing varies, but nationwide, Girl Scout cookie season has kicked off, though without this year's newest featured treat, Raspberry Rally. The raspberry-flavor-filled so-called sister cookie to the popular Thin Mints is the first in the Girl Scout cookie lineup to be exclusively offered online, something the organization says will allow members to focus on e-commerce skills. Online order start February 27th. The other favorites, including Trefoils, Samoas, also called Caramel Delights, and Tagalongs are available to order in person from troops which have started sales. Those run through April. Lillian Wu, Fox News. I'm glad she said Tagalongs because 
That's what I grew up with them being called. Is that and the they, peanut butter one? That's the one that changed to the peanut butter patties. That's what I think of it as. The tagalongs. Listen. Thin mints are garbage. Tim, Is that where you're going? Yes, thin mints are garbage. Yes. Everyone knows that. Yes. You know what? You want to hear something? You, know See, you might want to sit down for this listening audience. <laughs> you thought I was cynical before? Listen to this. Mint, I'll say it again. Oh, I've geez. said it before. Mint is a toiletry, not a food flavor. Okay, I said it. Mint is a to- mint is a toothpaste flavor, not a food flavor. Top two favorite Girl Scout cookies. Uh, all I need for the rest of my life is the peanut butter patties and the shortbread ones. Okay, I like the tagalongs. And a few years ago, they introduced the s'mores ones. Oh, okay. Those are pretty good. Did you ever put them over your uh, gas stove? No, we only have an electric you're, stove. You're just incorrect. I can't believe you've never done that before. Make s'mores on a gas stove, by the way. Right. That was like hey, my we, childhood. Hey, we, we've moved on. Real, real quick, Samoas. Samoas are my, my okay. number one. Also, too, I've been on the Thin Mints are terrible train for the last maybe five years of my life. You are, they, are, you, I, I, they are awful. They are I, not that good. I don't care if you put them in the listen. freezer and you eat them cold. They I are, pulled that train out of the station when you were a baby. So Yeah, that's like half your life, right? Yeah. Basically, yeah, I'm 10. <laughs> um, uh, all right, let's see. Uh, I think, okay, we got we got all. I'm, I'm going to, uh, all right, so we are going to uh, listen now to, uh, we're going to bring in some uh, some sports highlights here. Nebraska women's basketball last night. Matt, Matt McMaster was on the call for uh, BTN Plus last night, and uh, he's uh, in the studio with us. Hey, by the way, you wonder why Matt's in and out sometimes. He's he's uh, learning the board. He's going to be uh, part of the show in the future sometimes when Caleb is gone, uh, college student at the university. Uh, Matt, you are calling this moment. Uh, just set it up exactly what was going on in the game here uh, so people can understand if they didn't see or hear it. Well, Nebraska, you know, Nebraska dominated the fourth quarter, and it was the very end of the game at this point. They were up about 30, so I was kind of... Pre previewing their their next matchups and how big of a win this was and it was a very low key uh, kind of vibe I would say towards the end of the game and uh, Kendall Moriarty just had the ball seemed like she was dribbling out the clock and uh, just threw something up and this is From, uh, uh, yeah. so the ball went out of bounds underneath Nebraska's basket oh, they've sure. got about five seconds left sure. on the uh, on the shot clock they throw it too far nobody gets to it it goes into the backcourt so now. Kendall Moriarty's got to kind of panic and just, just past the half court. Well, line. you remember this way better than I. Do. Well, it's just past the half court line, and the yeah. reason that she does have to get a shot up if you want to not sure. take a shot clock violation is because there's about a second, second and a half difference between yeah. the shot clock and the sometimes you'll avoid the turnover. Sure. Yes, and she was trying to like. If she took the shot clock violation, their score would have been a second. So she kind of just threw it up just to waste some time. So the game with would just one be over. hand, like yes, sort like of a like, well, yeah, like, like a grenade. she threw it like a grenade. Imagine you throw a grenade. Yes. Here's the call that was on BTN Plus with Matt McMaster right, last night. Bound passes. Moriarty will just dribble the clock out. Actually, oh my! Are you kidding me? What? <laughs> and and that's that's ridiculous. That is insane. Moriarty just didn't want to dribble out the. <laughs> the shot clock violation. So she throws up maybe the most ridiculous shot I have ever seen, and that's the game. <laughs> uh, Sports Center number one. Really? Really? Number wow. one last night. No kidding. All right. What was that? Did you say you had the Cotney call and too? Then on the network, as you heard here on KLIN last night. Just going to stand there with the ball. Oh, no. Throws it way in the backcourt. Get Moriarty yep, gets it. Two seconds. One second. Throws a flip up. Oh! And it goes in. <laughs> it goes in. You betcha. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? That's the miracle shot of all time. 
Kendall Moriarty threw a frisbee with the right hand. That's a Central Valley egg three, and this game is over, and Nebraska wins at 80 51. Oh my gosh. It was ridiculous. Get out. I mean, as we're doing it, Channel 8 on our, the news on our monitor is showing it over and over again, too. It was insane. Uh, she made that. And the, the reaction by the players just dying laughing as soon as it is. It's going in. Oh, it's good stuff. All right. Good job last night, Matt. We got to take Appreciate a break. It. We got to get to Capital Humane Society. We will do that next on KLIN. It's our weekly spotlight of pets for you to adopt from the Capital Humane Society on LNK Today. All right, 658, time to check in with Matt Matchow, Capital Humane Society. Find out a little bit about the pets that are uh, there this week that you might be able to adopt. Good morning, Matt. How are you doing today? Good. How about yourself? I am, uh, I'm good. Let's hear about the pets this week. So first off, we have Karma, and she's approximately six years old. She's a purebred German Shepherd, black and tan in color, and she weighs about 72 pounds. She was surrendered to us. Unfortunately, her previous owner's health uh, prevented them from being able to keep her. But she's a very playful dog and definitely loves all kinds of toys. So you're going to want to buy stock in Chewy.com and uh, make <laughs> sure she has plenty to pick from. That's good. That's good. What else do we have? And then we got Juniper. So Juniper, she's about one year old. She's a domestic short hair spade female. She's pretty much solid gray, got a little white patch on her chest. But she came in as a lost cat and was not claimed. She's a very petite cat, only about six pounds, likes to lounge around, keep an eye on everything going on. So if uh, you need a neighborhood watch kitty that can tell you what your neighbors are up to all day while she's perched in your window, she's, uh, she's your gal. All right, very good. Uh, tell us about the process for adopting. So Pylock Pet Adoption Center is out at 70th and Highway 2. We're open today and tomorrow, 1130 to 7, Saturday and Sunday from 12 to 5. And folks are welcome to come on out anytime and take a walk through, see who you want to meet. All right. We always encourage you to check out the uh, Pets for Adoption at Capital Humane Society if you're in the market. Hey, thanks so much, Matt. We appreciate it. We'll talk to you next week. All right. Have a good one. All right. Ticket Thursday coming up. Tickets to Nebraska, Ohio State on the line with Guess What We Are Thinking Of. It's 7 o'clock on KLI and Lincoln. 479-1414. That's a quick check of your time saver traffic. Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O, morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right. Now, I know you guys are always tempted to cheat on our games. This one, I mean, I guess you could. And I don't even know that it would be cheating. You can pull up this list, I suppose, if you want to. Rolling Stone, it's online at the top 200 singers of of all time that they put out, uh, I think it was a week or two ago, and it's now controversial because of who didn't make it. Um, But we have selected one person off this list that we were thinking of today, and we want you to try and guess who that is uh, by using yes-no questions. And... I, I get, but like I said, you can put that list in front of you. I don't know how much it'll help you because you got to scroll through it and and those sorts of things. It, I think you'd be best served uh, by asking because you know, you know, the people you know who are on it, you, you know, are on it, and including this person. So uh, that's my advice to the beginning. You can follow it or not. So four zero two four seven nine fourteen hundred. Actually, still have a line open uh, if you want to get in line because I don't think we're going to win at the outset. But who knows? Charlie could prove me wrong. It's happened before. Good morning, Charlie. How are you doing today? Yeah, I'm doing good, Jack. How good. are you? I'm good. Uh, all right. So you got the unenviable task of kind of narrowing it down from a huge group to a smaller group. How do you want to do that with your yes/no question? 
Well, I guess uh, my first question would be, is this guy considered, or is this person considered uh, classic rock or rock and roll singer? Is Are they considered rock and roll? I would say, I would say, yes, they yes. are considered rock and yeah, roll. I, okay. I know, I know what you're going off of, but yeah. Well, I'll say yes, but I, I think it's arguable. <laughs> I'll say yes. Okay, let's go with uh, Michael Jackson. Is it Michael Jackson? No. All right, we'll discuss that further after the fact, okay? <laughs> we'll discuss that. The official answer is yes to that question. 402-479-1400. This person, yes, in, in the rock and roll uh, group. Uh, officially. Uh, all right, Mike is next. Uh, good morning, Mike. What is your yes no question about who we are uh, thinking of? Top 200 singer of oh. all time for Rolling Stone. Okay, just because of reply from your last question, Jack, um, is this um, a, a male singer? No, it is not a male. Um, oh, darn it. Um, so by process of elimination, it's female. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we're not gonna we're not getting overly complex with this. That I'll okay, also okay. say that's correct. <laughs> hey, I'm gonna say just because I think it was the other way around, but I'm gonna say Marie Osmond. Is it Marie Osmond? No, not Marie Osmond. All right. All right. How quickly are we gonna drill down on this thing? How quickly are we gonna drill down on this thing? Uh, back to the phones. Scott. Scott is next. Good morning, Scott. How are you doing today? Good morning. I'm fine. Is uh, she alive? Yes, she is alive as of this morning, as of her, as of her Wikipedia page. Uh, let's go with uh, Linda Ronstadt. Is it Linda Ronstadt? No, it's not Linda Ronstadt. All right, so here we have one of the 200 greatest singers of all time in the rock and roll genre, which I think is subjective. But but apparently Matt and Kayla feel very strongly the answer to that is yes. Um, and then alive, okay? As of the Wikipedia page this morning. I mean, I, I assume she's still fully alive. Uh, all right. Uh, back to Charlie here. All right, Charlie. Uh, take another shot at this thing. What's your question? Question is, is she uh, a solo or uh, in a band? So give me that in a yes or no question form and I'll answer it. Okay. Is this uh, person uh, famous for singing in a band or... <laughs> Yeah, that's the question. Is she famous for singing? Uh, famous? N- n- more n- mostly no. Yes, I would say m- mostly no. J- t- t- uh, sorry, I, j- it's mostly solo. I'll say that. I'll quit being so Slavic to the yes-no format. <laughs> mostly okay. solo. Uh, Glo- Gloria Estefan. Is it Gloria Estefan? No. It's not. Again, that, that's a little bit, I mean, that one's a little bit subjective, too. You'll get it afterwards, so I don't, I'm just going to tell you, don't go, you could be led the wrong direction by that one. You could be long, read, led the wrong direction by the rock and roll. All right. Uh, is that Michaela? Am I reading that right? Michelle. Oh, Michelle. Sorry. My glasses suck. Ah, sorry, Michelle. Uh, good morning. How are you doing today? Uh, How are you? Good. All right. Yeah. So, female, alive, rock and roll, mostly for solo career. Uh, I think that's what we've mainly got so far. What's your yes, no question? American. American. Yes. Yes. Okay. Uh, born in the born in the United States. Yes. Okay. 
boy, I'm not sure now. Um, I can't think of the last name, but Natalie from the Bengals. Uh, no, no, it's not from the Bengals. No, Suzanne, Fe- no, that's uh, what's her name? Susanna Hoffs is from the Bengals, right? Sir Natalie from the Bengals. Anyway, it's not any of those. All right, 402-479-1400. If you're just joining us at stake, tickets to never see Nebraska men's basketball Wednesday against Ohio State. Going to be a lit atmosphere at PBA. We're also throwing in a parking ticket. Uh, it's going to be a night, nice night. Should be a big game for the Huskers. Um, so, yeah, he, uh, if you guess the person we're thinking of, it's a person on the list of Rolling Stones recently released 200 top singers. 200 top singers. They do these controversial lists. Everybody gets mad about them. That's really what they're for. Um, and that was no exception here with this one. But we've narrowed down. We are thinking of, so far, a female who's alive, born in the United States, generally considered rock and roll, most of uh, mainly mainly famous for solo career, but I would I would add don't over-rely on that one because that could be misleading. Um, I think that's all we've got. All right. Uh, we've got another Scott here joining us right now. All right, Scott, yes, no question from you. Is she still performing today? Um, yeah, let's, uh, let me see if I can find that. I assume it does some, some, she's alive. So I assume does, does some level, um, of performing. So I would say, I would say probably, sorry, I know it's not super, super helpful, but yes, I would say probably. So I'll say share. Is it share? Oh, but that's a good guess. I feel like I don't. That's a. I would have kind of the same answer for Cher too. I mean, Cher's not going on world tours right now. Although she did come to Lincoln a few years ago. That was a, that was a few years back. Yeah, I, I I don't like. I don't think she's putting out albums right now. I can check when her last album came out and see about that. But uh, yeah, let's see. All right. Anyway. Cool. Uh, sorry, I'm reading. I'm reading. All right, Charlie is again. All right, Charlie, what's your yes, no question? Yes or no. Uh, has she had hit songs in a duet format? Yes. Okay, I'm going to say Carly Simon. Is it Carly Simon? No. Ooh, I thought we had it there. <laughs> All right, last al- okay. I'm not going to say the year the last album was, but it was a few years ago. It was a few years ago, but I'm sure she probably does a one off every once in a while still. Um, all right, man, I cannot read those. What's the name on that one right now? Valerie. Valerie. Uh, all right, Valerie. Good morning. How are you doing today? Good. All right, we're trying to think of a uh, top 200 singer according to Rolling Stone. This is for Nebraska basketball tickets. We've got some some narrowed down. Female, alive, American, uh, generally a solo artist, but does have hits in a duet, uh, rock and roll. Uh, I might have missed a few, but that gives you a little bit of a sense. Uh, what's your yes-no question about this person? Is she white? N- is she white? No. 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 Um, not white. Okay. Uh, Tina Turner? Is it Tina Turner? Yeah, it is Tina Turner! <laughs> you did it! Valerie, nice job! Thank you. You did it! Tina Turner, wh- by the way, was that just a guess or did you have her on your mind already? 
I kind of had her on in my mind, you, I you guess. Did. I don't know. You did it. I was thinking Cher, but. Yeah, Cher, sort of in, in that same era. But no, it is Tina Turner, 83 years old right now. And she lives in Switzerland. I had no idea. Oh, she lives in wow. Switzerland. Uh, there, there you go. All right, we're going to put you on hold, Valerie, and we're going to get your information. Enjoy the game on Wednesday, all right? Yeah. All right, there you go. Valerie is going to the game. Okay, so now we can go back and explain some of my answers to these questions. Was I being, was I being, was I throwing people off with a rock and roll question? I actually saw in, in, in the rolling or in the Wikipedia page, she is actually widely referred to as the queen of rock and roll. So, so so on the Rolling Stone, Stone article, which we reference, the first sentence says, Tina Turner is the queen of rock and roll. Okay. Then maybe, I don't know. Which is why I was so emphatic about that. That's fine. I guess it is. I guess it's rock and roll. I guess that's. It feels like more of a hybrid, uh, kind of a hybrid uh, genre that she's involved in. Well, but maybe it is straight well, up. It rock does and say roll. It, it does for, it, in the eighties she was real poppy. I sure. wouldn't have considered her rock and roll. There's obviously R and B influences that are in this too. So which which mix with rock and roll? So that's why I. So I'm I'm sorry if I threw anyone off with that answer. And then the question was, is she a solo artist or in a band? Well you know she's has hit she's had hits as a solo artist and also obviously performed with ike mm-hmm. before you know they had they had their issues as well so that was hard is she performing now uh there was the broadway musical there was a broadway let's see she uh she apparently in 2020 came out of retirement with a remix of what what's love excuse me of what's love got to do with it I think that was the last the last kind of thing that she did here. Um and so yeah, that's that's pretty much all that we've got. So you know, she may not be super active right now. Mattel did release a Barbie doll in her likeness to commemorate her single What's Love Got to Do With It. Um and so that, that just just wanted to explain some of my my answers on that whole thing. So there you go. Uh, what actually was also inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 2021, and she ended up. By the way, if you're wondering, she ended up in the on the list at number 55. 55. One spot behind Willie Nelson. Okay, I mean, okay, come on. Like, what is this list, Rolling Stone? Best best singer, and then they had this this disclaimer at the end of the whole thing that it isn't just their voice, but it's the the style that they bring into it. And they've got like they've got Dylan in the top twenty, and I'm like, I'm sorry, Dylan's great. Obviously, Dylan is a a legend, obviously, and has some of the greatest music of all time. But when we're just saying, is he one of the best singers of all time? No. I think part of it was was confusing for some of them just their songwriting versus their yeah. their singing and you're like, "Oh, well they they write really good songs." Well, that doesn't mean they're a top 10 singer. Yeah, that like you know who isn't on this list which I think is ridiculous is uh Dionne Warwick isn't on this list. Mm-hmm. Like that's ridiculous. That's completely ridiculous. By the way, number one was Aretha Franklin. No argument there. Number two, Whitney Houston. Zero argument there. Number three, Sam Cooke. Zero argument there. Billie Holiday. Four. No argument there. Five, Mariah. Of course, no argument from me there. Ray Charles. Six. Probably too low, in my opinion. Seven, Stevie Wonder. Probably too low. All really good. 
Beyonce, eight. Okay. I mean, definitely on the list. I don't know about eight. Like, she, oh, Otis Redding, nine. I'll take Otis. Ten, Al Green. Absolutely. Am I being biased because these of older things? I think, yeah. But I said yes right away for Mariah. Is that... Should I have said yes right away for Beyonce? Well, I think it's because we play a lot of Mariah on the station. 11, Little Richard. <laughs> 12, John Lennon. Too high. Sorry. Too high for Lennon. 13, Patsy Cline. Okay. Freddie Mercury, 14. Yes. Bob Dylan, 15. No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Prince, 16. Okay, I can do that. Elvis, 17. Eh. All right. Sinatra, yes. Marvin Gaye, yes. Nina Simone, absolutely. Adele, mm, probably, yeah. Yes. Yeah. I don't want to get, I'm a little worried about the recency. Smokey Robinson, 100%. George Jones, yeah, I do that. Mary J. Blige, I think I might put her over Beyonce. McCartney, I put McCartney over Lennon. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You Come on. I'd put McCartney over Lennon. Dolly Parton, 27. Mahalia Jackson, 28. She's got an incredible voice. Chaka Khan, 29. And Hank Williams is 30. So, I think there's just also, to give you an idea of who's who's in there. There's also the portion that is how they perform. I think, yeah, I, think Beyonce, I know there's some level of artistry. Well, I, I know. I think that's for like for Beyonce, for instance. I think she does have a wonderful voice. I don't think it's top ten, but if you take just being able to go perform, right? That's probably what what weighed into that. Yeah, they got Kurt Cobain twenty thirty six. I mean, sorry, give me Chris Cornell over Kurt Cobain. Uh, there's no way C- Cobain should be above Chris Cornell in this thing. Van Morrison, Van Morrison, thirty seven, probably too low. Curtis Mayfield, thirty eight, probably too low. You know who's too low in this thing? We I can't even remember where they were, uh, but they were way way down there. John Fogarty, Creedence Clearwater Revival, way too low. That dude should be top twenty. He should be top twenty without a doubt. Uh, and then they got like they got like Ariana Grande, you know, two ahead of Ella Fitzgerald. Stop! Stop! What? Stop! What? 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 What do you? What do you not like? Don't about? put Ariana Grande Why? in front of Ella Fitzgerald because of because of the style that she performs. Have you actually listened to her sing other than the pop music that she puts out? Stop. I'm not any list that has as and ahead of like Mavis Staples, Linda Ronstadt too. Listen, she's fine. She's fine. That tells me that you haven't listened to anything other than Seven Rings. Uh, I get it. She got her, they got her ahead of Joni Mitchell. Stop. Rolling Stone, shame on you. The Celine Dion fans were right. And what is the Ariana deal with, should be top twenty. And what is the deal with leaving Celine Dion off? I That's think they, ridiculous. I think they just wanted the headlines of well. No, who else they left off? Jennifer Hudson. Screw you, Rolling Stone. <laughs> You're gonna tell me Ariana Grande is a better singer than Jennifer Hudson? I am. You, you stop. You get out. I said Ariana should be top twenty. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard you say. Dumbest okay. thing I've ever heard you say, and okay. that's that's saying something. That's saying something. All right, take a look at the list. You can argue. You can you can uh, jump in the thing uh, with with uh, with us as well. Steve Perry, way too low.
He's 82. No way. Chris Cornell, 80. Way too low. Janice Joplin, 78. Way too low. Bruce Springsteen, 77. Too high? I mean, it's, we're not going to a Springsteen concert because of his amazing singing ability. Johnny Cash is on the list around there. I'm sorry. Too high? That's too high. Mm-hmm. It, That's he, not about... His not is not necessarily about... It's the whole... I love him. He's great. But it's not about... Yes. Yeah. 100%. All right. This is bringing up some good debates here. <laughs> okay. You probably love this one, too. Rihanna, 68. Stop. I No. She's too high. That's okay. too high. All right. Wow. Surprised you see, say something reasonable here. <laughs> All right, 726 until NK today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. I like the local news because it doesn't get into all these politics. Get today's top news. The It didn't stop. I mean, it did not stop for one second after we turned off the mics on that last segment was our fighting about the uh, Rolling Stone top 200 list of greatest singers of all time. Let's just say we all have some white hot takes on this. Uh, and the young guys in the room are really bad at this. Wait, so, can we agree no one is more wrong than Gen Z about this? What does Gen Z think? Oh, oh, he said Adele should be number he one. He said Adele should be number one on the entire list, did Matt McMaster. She's the songbird of my generation. Okay. Oh, okay. God. Okay. You don't Listen, get a quote my a, generation. Uh, movie, I'll, okay? I'll give you top 50. Yeah, I'll give you top 50. But you're not putting no, her above no. Aretha Franklin and no, Stevie Wonder. Not even Tom this no, no. Mark, who should be number one on this list? I'm curious. And, and Do you have an opinion? This was the top 200. Oh, Gress singers of all time. It's but yeah, it's oh. based on just their singing. Yeah, like they're supposed their, to be on their, their singing, singing yeah. voice. I would. Well, I'd have to put Patsy Cline in up there. She was uh, in the top. I, I think in the top 40. So yeah, she she uh, in her day and age, if she hadn't been killed in a car accident, uh, but I would have to. I think uh, I really think Cher or Tina Turner would be. See, the Tina Turner was the one that she was yep. in the eighties. I haven't seen Cher yet going through this thing. I'm at one thirty three, going through it one by one, and just giving whether people wanted it or not in the room. Just giving my opinion on whether they're too high <laughs> or too low. I've went through one hundred thirty three artists and said too high or too but low. I, I, I would or about right for each some, one. Something like uh, Petula Carr or Patsy Montana would also be in. There. I haven't Patsy seen Patsy Klein's in at thirteen. Thirteen was Patsy Klein. Yeah. All right, Mark, you're kind of in line. You're kind of in line with it. You tell Mark. Tell Mark again what the top five are, just so for his own. So top number five, one's Aretha. Yeah, I can go along with that one. Yeah, and then number two, Whitney Houston. Yep. Number three, Sam Cooke. Four, Billie Holiday, and five, Mariah Carey. Mariah's probably a little high. Yeah. Mariah's probably a little high. I'm She's sorry. just up there because of Christmas. <laughs> I mean, her voice is good 12 months a year, but... The non-trademarked queen of Christmas. All right. I just... And I'm at 133, and it's Neil Young, and I'm like, stop. That... Neil Young... Listen. Like Neil Young, Neil Young's a rock and roll icon, but it's not because of his... I mean... I'll tell on. you another one that, that should be there. Part of a group, though, is Mama Cass. Cass Elliott. Oh, I don't know. I haven't seen her on no, this I, yet. I, I don't think she's probably on there. But. Uh, they do. I, it does seem like, as always happens in this list, you do get a little. You you do benefit a little bit more if you've passed on. Yeah. Which you know. Anyway, 
nonetheless, take a look at the list and tell us what you think. Uh, text it in. Who's the most overrated and who's most over underrated on the list? That's why they make these things for people yeah. to. Find. This yeah. is like uh, this is like the world reacting to the Munch Madness bracket. Is what it is. Tell, telling people what's wrong about this it. is what Wallet Hub wants to do. Get the debate going. Yeah, Adele. I think I need Pepto Bismol. Yeah, man, that's that's a that is a really crazy take. All right, let's start counting them down. Number five. Governor Pillen will announce his Senate appointee at nine this morning. I mean, what else is there to say? Who's it going to be? Well, give me some speculation. Who could it be? Give me the odds. What do we got? Uh, Brett Lindstrom. Lindstrom, probably odds on favorite. Yeah. And Ann Ashford, eh, probably not. Ann Ashford, odds on favorite. Sorry, I forgot. Um, uh, John Leesfeld, I think he might. Uh, That guy sucks. Um, (laughs) Let's face it. I mean, it's been a foregone conclusion. We know who's going to be. Yes, it will. Uh, I would Mike be sh- flood. I would be shocked if it was not former Governor Pete Ricketts becoming Senator Pete Ricketts. Senator Ricketts. How does that sound, Senator Ricketts? Which is a higher title? I mean, you know, even after they leave office, they are, they still get to keep their title, like governor. Would you rather be a governor? Or I a always, you know what, Mark? I bet you've done this too. When I when I like. I interviewed Bob Carey uh, once, um, former governor and former senator, and I was like, what do I call him? Like, how do you address him properly? Um, and evidently the rules are, if it's if it's a, if it's a, uh, uh, sorry, I'm saying this if really it's a national, national. If it's an office, if it's an office that's held by one person, you don't call, like you wouldn't still say Governor Pete Ricketts, you would say, Former Governor Pete Ricketts, but if it's an office that's held by many people, you would not say former senator. You would say senator, if I understand right. And trying to remember that, but I've had to many time many interviews. I've had to like Google that because I'm always afraid I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna say it wrong. At my age, I just say, "Hey, Pete." The same thing. Like if somebody has a PhD, are you supposed to call him a doctor? Yes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You know what? Nobody does call somebody who has a jurist doctorate a doctor. Hmm. Or Esquire in regular conversation. Not that I'm saying you guys have to do that, but it'd be nice once in a while. They often refer to him as counselor. Okay. All right. Just to throw in every once in a while a little, no, that's a stupid take, Jack Esquire. Yeah, I can do I, that. I, we, can, we can do that for you. I appreciate that. That's what you're asking. I appreciate it. Now, the Senate has been out of session, so... I was talking. I was saying yesterday, like, well, I don't think you're going to pass too much time waiting to do this because you don't want a Senate seat empty. But they've been out of session, so they've been letting the House have the uh, the spotlight the last few days, Mark. Uh, oh, that's and good. So for them. <laughs> this gives this gave this gave in terms of why the delay. This gave him a little bit of time to get some other business done, and now do this, and uh, presumably his appointment, presumably. Pete Ricketts will get in there in time for them to get going with regular business here again, I think, in maybe a week or two. And uh, get going on the Senate. So, all right. There you go. Number four. I wish I could, have, I could, I wish I could project more sort of uh, drama into that whole thing. Other than us literally knowing what's going to happen yeah. for the last couple months. If, yeah. And it'll be made uh, about a minute to two minutes after. I really hope they act like a huge amount of drama like they won't. My nominee 
uh, or, or my selection and is, isn't and then all of a sudden they like drop a huge curtain or right lower him from the ceiling or something it, like his that. His former governor's candidate, Brett uh, All right, number four. Yes. State Senator Joni Albright uh, was joined by other pro-life lawmakers and others. She announced she's in, going to introduce legislation to prevent abortions when a fetal heartbeat can be detected. So that's, um, that's going to be it's going to be her priority bill. So it'll get at least uh, what ten and a half hours of debate. So the requirement basically is the doctor has to perform an ultrasound. Is that right? Yes. To see if see if there is a heartbeat. So I know there are going to be people who just. In, in a reactionary way is going to say that I'm not right for characterizing it this way, but hear what I'm saying exactly. In the pantheon of possibilities for where this proposal could have fallen between the most restrictive and least restrictive options that have been mentioned so far, this is this is kind of in the middle to some degree. Um, and case in point, the trigger... The trigger bill last year that didn't get enough votes was an outright ban without exceptions, um, and I believe it was it, it was it didn't even have the the six week or the heartbeat provision on it. It was before that. Now the the number that they were talking about for the special session, and they were kind of doing a doing a straw poll on, was I believe a ten week ban. Okay, and so this with. With it being, this would usually be about six weeks, um, and would have exceptions uh, for rape, incest, life of the mother, and does not. It's not basically. It's honestly not criminalizing it either. The essentially the repercussions would be disciplining, professional discipline losing license, that sort of thing for the doctor. That yeah, is no criminal here. or civil penalties. So, again, in the pantheon of uh, those being the end points, essentially, I know there are gonna, some people are going to say, Jack, you're wrong. This is draconian. This is way over the top. And then there are some who are saying, Jack, you're wrong. This is not even going nearly far enough. It's not even close. I get that, but based on where you are on the issue, but if you if you kind of take the end points of what's been discussed and what's happened in other states, this is kind of in the, it's, it's kind of in the middle. And it's it's about finding the sweet spot. And Albright said as much, basically, Mark. She said she would have liked to have been more restrictive with this, but she said the political you know the p- political climate here she doesn't think is going to uh, allow something more restrictive to be passed. Yeah. So and I think she went as far as she thought that she could with this, given. The political climate in the state, the political climate in the legislature right now, and she says she thinks she's, she's got the votes. Um, well, we'll know. We'll see. Well, you know, it will, it'll be but interesting to, to see she's the, got, the, the hearings and and then the debate. I mean, like that's kind of the thing. Can you can you imagine? You've got to be pretty sure you've got the votes with with the proposal that you're going to go with on this thing. Because could you imagine getting after all of this time? Roe versus Wade is reversed, okay. And there's you, you don't jump in with a special session like some states did, and then you go through a whole regular session. Could you imagine if come April, May, they still don't have anything passed on this? It would be, I mean, it would be kind of an upset of epic proportions politically, I would think. And so it's you, you you've really got to find that 
that sort of sweet spot politically where you're going to be able to get enough of the senators to overcome the filibuster on this. And like I said, she she claims that she does, but I'm going to guess she's been very meticulous in figuring out if that's actually the case. Well, yeah, and of it, course, there could be amendments, and, and it could change. That's, and, that's and where the, and some of that could could happen, and so that's where votes will change. Yeah, this isn't necessarily the final version of it, but it's interesting to see where the starting point. And she almost said that this she expects thing. the changes to be made. So. Yeah. All right, uh, moving on. Number three, Nebraska football coach Matt Rule completed the hiring of his uh, full time coaching staff. We, uh, yesterday, he announced the addition of three assistants. That rounds it out, as I understand. Yep, that'll, that'll do it for those those full-time assistant positions. Those are the ones that can have all the player contacts on the sidelines, all, all of that stuff that you're used to seeing that are going to be the guys in charge of those position groups. Bob Wager with tight ends, Rob Dvoracek, linebackers, Garrett McGuire, wide receivers coach. That last one, McGuire, is the one who's 24, almost 25. Yes, a lot of people on social media making a big deal about it. Casey Thompson. Right. Uh, um, and then you got Wager, who spent the last couple decades very successful Texas high school coach. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And uh, and some of his former players are already interested in coming here, interestingly enough. Yes. And Nebraska, by the way, gets a big transfer on the offensive line from Stanford mm-hmm. yesterday as well. Uh, but going back to the coaching thing, Caleb, I, I think the thing, if you would have asked me, between when Rule got hired and now that we know what the staff looks like a month and change later, and it, it's not necessarily a critique, but it's not what I expected. Um, given the salary pool that he had access to, yeah. I'm a little surprised there aren't more more flashy names on this. Mm-hmm. Um, again, that's not necessarily a critique, but that's just kind of what I had assumed. And then the, the other thing is, as you alluded to, just the general... The general Lack of experience is a negative way to say it, but it's a lack of experience. Yeah. It's not. It's not a whole lot of guys who have been in this in their gigs for a long, long time. Now, all of that said, for, and, for it, a Power Five staff, yeah. there is a general lack of Division One coaching knowledge. I, th- yeah, and, knowledge and experience. But but you're right on the 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 salary pool. When we found out that it was going to be in the seven to eight million dollar range. The thoughts and expectations become well. You could do a million here, a million there. You can, you can, you you know what the running um, expectation should be for coordinators, and then oh, you can go get a big time quarterback coach, this or that, or defensive line. And that I think was something that our expectations were maybe too high on what they were going to do dollar wise versus what fills out to to look like a at least on paper, a well-put-together rule staff based on the stuff he wants to do. Now, that said, last Friday, listening to Satterfield and Tony White, the offensive and defensive coordinators, I knew Satterfield's name. I did not honestly know Tony White's name. But having heard from both of them, yeah, I'm, I'm interested. I'm, you know, I'm... I'm excited about those hires. Yeah. Both of them. I and there's say. experience at the coordinator positions. So right. those guys yeah. that are... Those guys that, are not... Yes. Yeah, so the guys that are in charge of the overall offense and the right. overall defense, plenty of experience. It's some of the position groups that maybe they played for Rule or they've been a staffer with them at Carolina, like right. McGuire, but he comes from a family Which, that really knows football. And then a question is, you know, what's kind of the, the, the hierarchy look like just in terms of level of... Of responsibility, I mean, will the coordinators maybe have more, um, more? I don't know if responsibility is the word, but 
they'll be even have more control than even the lower assistants do. Yeah, than you might see in another staff. Well, I think that's going to be whether it was whether the staff built themselves this way or they just went and got a bunch of high name guys. That was something that we watched under under Frost and a little bit under Mickey Joseph as well as who makes the personnel decisions. We saw a running back go out for a game and he got three carries and it looked good and then we don't see him for five weeks. Is the running back's coach making that decision or the coordinator or the head coach? Yeah. Where where, where are you going to start to see guys that we think, wow, they've been milk cartoned. What's what's going on with them? How does it break down between coaching coaching on Sunday through Friday Mm -hmm. and then in-game situations on Saturday? Two. Number two. Pepsi is launching a new lemon lime soda called Starry. It'll replace Sierra Mist. What? On the market 24 years. Never really cut into Sprite sales. People saw it as an imitation of Sprite. Now, Starry, reportedly fruitier and more aromatic. It's caffeine free. It'll be a regular and sugar free version. Should be in convenience stores, grocery stores. That's interesting. Yeah, you don't have. I mean, you don't hear too many people like swear by Sierra Mist, do you? No, I. You have people, I end up with Sierra Mist because Husker football games and basketball games because it's a Pepsi product. Yeah, it's like, well, I would have gotten Sprite, but you don't sell Coke products, so I'm going to get Sierra Mist. Like, yeah, I, like my. Uh, what about cranberries, Sierra Mist? That's the thing. That was their best product that they ever had, and then they didn't bring it back. It was in the holiday season they had that, which was, in my opinion, superior to the attempt Sprite at doing the same thing. Are they going to have they cran- it. Are they, they going to do uh, Starry Crannies? Starry <laughs> I don't know. Fruitier and more aromatic. If you name it Starry, yeah, honestly, I'm going to baby talk everything. Do you want to know what the biggest thing yeah. you could do? Do you want to know what the biggest thing you could do to set it apart from Sprite would be then? Um... Well, number one, change the color of the actual liquid, make it you know not clear, and then maybe don't do the, the packaging. The color of the packaging is yeah. the other thing I was going to say, because that's part of the reason it looks the same. They look exactly the same. I mean, at least Coke and Pepsi, they they look right. you know they look fairly different um, in terms of the packaging. What so, are we thinking more? If it's going to be, well, it was the same thing with like Surge competing with Mountain Dew years ago. Or I mean, Mellow Yellow was kind of a bigger thing before Mountain Dew was, too. But If it's still going to be Lime and Lime, are we thinking a little bit more yellow? See, but then, you know, they have Mountain Dew, though. So Pepsi has Mountain Dew, so you don't want to go into that territory. They'll probably keep it clear, but I don't know. I mean, I'm not saying to make it green. Fruitier and more arrow. Maybe make it gr- Honestly, I'd make it green. What green pop is there on the market right now? Mountain That's Dew? yellow. What? Have you ever drank a Mountain Dew? No, the the packaging. No, I'm telling the liquid itself. I'm saying the, I'm saying the packaging because that's what you're going to visually see. All of it's already green though. Sprite is green. Sierra Mist was green. I'm saying make it because you have Sprite green and Sierra Mist was green. Make the packaging yellow. Oh, make the packaging yellow. I'm yes. Sorry. I'm sorry. I'm not saying make it. I think you like may need to make the beverage there. itself green. Where's the green? Where's the green pop in this world? Okay, you green river. You you still order green rivers at at uh, that restaurant called Annie Oakley's. That's now Olive Garden. I used to get them. All Where the are time. the green beverages everywhere around St. Patrick's Day? That's true, but maybe that's a year-round thing. Well, that's how these, you set that thing and apart. How many green smoothie con- 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 concoctions are there? People yeah, think it's healthy. It's People green, think no. there's vegetables in it. No, I'd make it green. No, for me.
Starry, the kale new kale smoothie. Starry, the new grain beverage. Whatever. All I need is Diet Mountain Dew for it's life. Just, I don't ever need any other pop. You can throw all the rest of them away. Give me only Diet Mountain Dew for the rest. Aromatic of my life. just doesn't sound good. <laughs> yeah, it's not a glass of wine. Come on. Number one. <laughs> Latest government data shows the national average price for a dozen of eggs in November three dollars fifty nine cents. More than 43 million of the 58 million birds slaughtered over the past year to help control bird flu were egg layers. Is that what it is? And boy, that has really spiked egg 359 is is uh, is way above that now in Lincoln. I paid was it maybe I got 18 of them, but it was it was up near five bucks. The one that I yeah, just bought. I think that's an 18. That's a dozen and a half. Still, yeah. though, those those numbers, it, it is, is that mainly what it is, Mark? Yeah. Is that, that, yeah, that the was, bird flu stuff? Yeah, Jeez. that's uh, that was the biggest contributing factor. Yeah. I, I saw a Facebook post that said we're going to have to call our potatoes this year for Easter. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, gross. 757 at 10. Mommy, this doesn't taste good at all. 757 K today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O, morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, 809. It is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. 26 degrees in the capital city. And on Thursday mornings at 810, we bring in our... uh, Colleagues here at KLIN, Robin Eshleman, Dave Albers, the Grow Lincoln team. They're uh, they're uh, the insiders when it comes to what's happening in the business, retail, restaurant world, and uh, they always pass on some of the new things that they're hearing. And uh, most of the time, it's the first place that you're able to hear these things about what's happening uh, with the restaurants, retail, and businesses in your area. Uh, Dave, good morning. How are you doing today? Good morning, gentlemen. All right. We are going to have uh, Robin joining us here very shortly, but let's get into this because it looks like we've got a lot to get to today. And uh, one of the things that Dave and Robin like to do is take your questions on their social media. So if you're not already following them at Grow Lincoln, either on Facebook or Twitter, you should be. You're getting a lot of information there. Plus, they will uh, take questions about, hey, I see this building going up. What's going in here? Uh, they very, very often have the answers and they'll answer them here on this show. And we've got one of those to start out. Uh, Stacy asked, do you know what's going in at the old four-star gifts on 56th and old Cheney Road. Still sad to see that place closed, by the way. But well, yeah, but I was kind of happy about who's going in there because I was uh, dealing with that particular situation. Oh, okay. It's O'Reilly Auto Parts going okay. in uh, there. So, yeah, kind, uh, quite a change in use there from uh, Card and Gift Gallery to Auto Parts. This is one that I don't know that we've talked about a lot, but... I'd be interested to see the growth, especially in these national chains of auto parts stores, the Auto Zones and the O'Reillys in the city. I feel like we've jumped a lot in five, ten years for those in the city of Lincoln. I would agree, and it seems like uh, the chains, auto parts stores have really kind of taken over from the local auto parts stores. Now, some of them are still affiliated, you know, with with say napa or somebody like that yeah napa store but uh yeah it's just it's what's happening again like there was one i know i mean i know there's one on north 48th that's been there a long time been there like 20 25 years but it feels like a lot of these have been 
within the last decade that they've opened up, whether you're talking about the one on North 84th, I think the one at uh, Van Dorn Plaza, I think that one's still relatively new. Right. Correct me if I'm wrong. Edgewood. Yeah. Uh, Ed- Edgewood one. Ed- Edgewood new. one. And across the street uh, in the Alamo Plaza, there there was an auto part, a Napa, if I remember correctly, that closed, okay. which is part of the reason why I said, hey, maybe we've got a void here. Yeah. All right, so there you go. That'll be in O'Reilly, uh, in that in that area over there, fifty six Old Cheney, uh, you know, where the with the former racket club, I still call it the racket club, was over I, there, and I, and I Nico's completely and understand. Shop, so, uh, all right, another Q and A. Uh, we had a uh, another quest uh, question here. Uh, have you heard if there will be any new hotels? opening or remodeling what have you heard on that robin uh yes there is one currently under construction not too far from broadcast house Mm. up on north 48th street a couple blocks north of that on the east side of the road it's back behind the new what is that sprint verizon store i (laughs) I forget which phone company um it's off 48th street i mean you can't you can see it it's back behind behind the building and there's there's already another older motel that has been there for a while so there'll be a couple of them in that area there um i think i i started to read and i got interrupted so i didn't get a finish but the city council heard something in mid-december about a potential hotel going in to the north haymarket okay yeah you got a lot of them there but uh we're not done with uh, and by the way that one on north 48th street just to go back to that that's a uh that's a true by hilton yes Yes. and that that would Mm -hmm. be the first one in lincoln of that particular brand of of hilton i believe i believe so i i know about this because north platte has one right off the interstate and we stayed there i think it's north platte we stayed there on the way to going to to colorado a few years ago um and so this is a relatively new brand from hilton in the last seven years or so that they've they've done this and it's it's trying to compete against the the comfort ends of the world the la quinta ends of the world a little bit more of a a budget-friendly hotel here um and uh so there you go that's what they've got they've got 228 locations in the country right now mr eshleman and i toured the newly opened holiday Inn express at ninth and O. okay in recent weeks and I'm surprised at how much Holiday Inn has ramped up the image. I mean, it, that was really nice. Really? Very nice first floor, very, you know, wonderful. Never, park. Valet parking. Really? Yeah. That's the one that has the, the pool visible there right there in the corner, right? On on uh, O Street there. Yeah. It's on the corner. Yeah, I did. If you go down 9th, if you go down 9th, you go right by the pool. You see it right in. It's right. I, the, I, the swimming oh, pool inside there. the building. So when I'm, yeah. when I, when I, when I I'm driving, I'm kind of focused pool. on the traffic. Yeah. Well, the reason I know is if you come over yeah. the Harris overpass, you're always sitting there. And and waiting at that red light, and you're looking right into the indoor Through pool. The windows, yes. Yeah, you're looking right into the indoor pool. I always think that's kind of a funny place for a. It's a very it's a very public pool. Everyone can see you yes. dive in. Yeah, yes. um, but yeah, we got to see some of the rooms upstairs and fabulous uh, view of the Haymarket and the stadium. And yeah, it's right. a that's a nice facility. Another question from Craig. He asked, curious, what is the exceptionally large building going up next to Camping World on Arbor Road? We've been driving by it for months and no clue as to what business is going in there. Thanks a bunch. What is it? That is uh, Central Lumber Sales. Now, they want to start calling themselves CLS. 
it's it's a that large project, you know, at approximately 70th and Arbor Road. But boy, there are other things going on out in that general area. Uh, Lincoln Logistics Hub, which is a transport company, just asked the city council for an expansion here on the in the ninth of uh, January. For the area between 63rd and 68th in Arbor Road, which is going to call for annexation, a change of zone, tax increment financing, and tax allocation bonds. This has been in the Journal Star also. It is, uh, if I remember correctly, about a million square feet that they're proposing for that area. So this is the group that did a similarly similar project in omaha outside of omaha yeah all right i'd say more in the papillion a lot of stuff happening there overall then so when you hear the term supply chain issues this is a solution to that kind of a problem all right yeah logistics hub okay um and then a new uh opening i'm familiar with this because we've been watching it go up uh, a whole lot over the course of the last several months and now it's got lines all over the place if you want to try it out here a new coffee shop opened at 70th and pine lake ziggy's coffee this is their first in lincoln and i think we're going to be hearing about more um they just opened at the 70th and pine lake roundabout so while you are zipping around in circles trying to get to home depot (laughs) you could take a little detour and pick up some coffee i'll tell you what it is hard to find there are not very many coffee freezes zones in the city anymore (laughs) i mean if there i mean if there is a hole to be filled it is getting filled you know scooters had already filled a lot of those but now you've got and starbucks has expanded in starbucks yeah you've got but you've got these new you got this new one up here on o street i can't even remember seven brew seven brew you've got ziggy's that's coming in uh you've got what new day that's uh they've got one in north lincoln um yeah, I don't know. It'd be it'd be interesting if you are looking at the like kind of the coffee heat map of the city of Lincoln. <laughs> you're see, you're gonna have to change your munch madness and just dude, limit it to coffee. That's true. Because we, we have so many different kinds. We are looking for a coffee shop for a location we have for Lisa. 10th and south so if anybody wants a and it has a little drive-through so if anyone's interested please i bet you'll have somebody interested in that robin i'm guessing that's the former little king's location. it was a little king yeah oh okay yeah. yeah all right yeah okay i know where you're talking about there yeah i'm trying to think if we've got to have something around there already you've got a, we do. It's a it's not a drive-through but uh over by metal arc what is metal arc yeah they're not yeah, a drive they're not a drive-through so but if that's you right would like to area. offer something for those who cannot get out of the car then yeah this would be the there's got to be a scooters around there somewhere. gotta be something there's got to be scooters, something aren't they area. coming to van is there not one on right. south street there's, there's gonna be one between south uh uh 9th street and south 10th street about on the van. scooters yeah. right yeah yeah so not oh was far. that the one that that the uh that the woman went to the city council meeting and said what in the sam hill do we need more coffee houses for <laughs> i believe that might be <laughs> and, I, and if i remember right it is right next to an auto zone an auto Bingo. part store so Bingo. there there's your macro trend and i'm telling you what if you put a there would be more there would be more empty areas of the city if you made if you made a gas station map, then you made a coffee house map. I believe <laughs> yeah, that yeah. for sure. Because remember when I remember when I always say that that string of the no gas zone uh, zone from from Meadow Lane all the way to 70th and Van Dorn that you probably have 
one. I mean, and I include 84th in that. There's probably th- at least three coffee houses in that. Yeah, you got <laughs> scooters, how many Starbucks, scooters. Yeah. Um, yeah, without a doubt. All right. Uh, let's see. More news. Restaurant news. Dave, uh, South Point Mall, what do we got? Goodly Cookies is going in uh, out by South Point Mall where the uh, Valentino's was formerly located. So, a um, alert Grow Lincoln fan sent us a picture. They were open as of yesterday, I believe. That was right. kind of a biggish space, right? I mean, it was a sit down restaurant, right? They took, I think, yeah, but it wasn't necessarily part, a large. They took part of the part of Valentino's, right? Am I remembering right? But there's also. I think a there's a restaurant coming to the rest of it. The rest of it was oh, okay. it not sushi, but it's yeah. There's a concept that okay. I didn't know if they had like tables. Well, you knew there had I didn't to know be. if yeah, they had like booths you could sit down in and eat cookies. There. <laughs> uh, Haven't been inside. Is that, is that what you're looking for? I'm not I'm not not looking for that. But <laughs> uh, all right, uh, and then retail news over there at the. Uh, Trade Center, uh, roughly at uh, what fifty sixth and and Highway to Old Highway to Old. We Chini. got a press release all about Mama, which is a gently loved maternity and nursing clothing store, has just opened. A portion of all their sales are donated to postpartum.net Nebraska chapter. Oh, cool. And they have located in a strategic portion of the Trade Center, which, by the way, that's down near 56th and Highway 2, Old Cheney. Old Cheney. Yeah. Uh, you got to kind of drive in there and kind of drive down the behind row the raising a little. Behind Raising Canes. There yes. we go. That's the simple. That's yeah. the general Just follow area. all the headlights in the drive through at Raising Canes <laughs> at 615 at any night, and uh, you'll find it. To find 5930 South 58th, you will most definitely need a Google map to get that. But for those who are familiar, it is near Milkworks and a new children's bookstore called Elianod, I think. Yeah. Um, so definitely there is a mom thing going yeah. on. I thought uh, Milkworks has been there 20 plus years. That's so that been was a long first, time. That was the yeah. first thing I thought of, which it obviously makes a ton of sense. So there's there. been a little bit of pull to have some things like that that I have come in around right around them. Well, we have something else in that uh, same center, just in a different suite, don't we, Robin? Yeah, uh, same same row. And again, I think this would appeal to moms. Probably. Um, Picnic Hill Create Crafts and Projects. And they do teach classes, including using your Cricut computer controlled cutting machine. My daughter has one of those things. I don't know if she ever. I was going to ask Dave if you got your wife a Cricut machine for Christmas. I got one I'll sell to you if you don't. No. (laughs) Dave, you jerk. This is for well, like this now is, everybody understands Robin and Dave's relationship. <laughs> those cricket machines are for people who are really into like scrapbooking and stuff. Right. Is what what those yeah, are for, it does so. like it cuts. Yeah, it's, the, yeah it's, you know cuts your yeah. artwork for you or yeah. something. I thought Dave was into scrapbooking, like said, but whatever. Like I yeah. said, we've got one of those, and I don't know that it gets used very much. So yes. All right, so there you go. Uh, uh, a lot that we have there today. Uh, any other questions? There's a lot answered today. But if you got more of them, like I said, check out the Facebook and the Twitter page, and you can always ask them a question there, and they may bring it on. It may be a question that a lot of you have out there right now. And then uh, this weekend on Grow Lincoln, what do we? Uh, what do? We, oh yeah, the big law firm merger. Right, We're talking the big about that. Mer- I the saw big that. merger. Jeez, this is the this has shaken up the law firm world. They are now oh, the largest law firm with offices located in Lincoln. 
Lincoln will talk headquartered to, in Lincoln. Yeah, we will talk to the merger people and also local chef Lawrence DeVille of Elle's Kitchen and formerly the Normandy will be in to share the new restaurant list of restaurants that opened in 2020. Oh, interesting. Yeah, that'll be fascinating to yeah. hear his take on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah that'll be fun, a fun uh, inter- yeah. interview. Very Saturday good. at noon. Really interesting guy. Yeah. Uh, all right. Very good. We'll be listening to that Saturday at noon. You can catch it on the podcast as well if you miss it live at KLIN.com. All right, Robin Dave, thank you very much. We appreciate it. We will see you next week. All right. See Sounds you guys. Great. All right. It's 824, 26 degrees in the capital city. Cloudy skies. Caleb will be in with sports coming up next on KLIN. Why do you listen to KLIN? Let us know with a voice message in the free KLIN app. Find someone who makes you as happy as this guy does. What he says. Touchdown, Nebraska! It's time to go one-on-one with the voice of the Huskers, Greg Sharp. Brought to you by Bryant Air Conditioning, Heating, Electrical, and Plumbing. All right, very good. Welcome back on this Thursday morning. Gloomy skies Thursday morning. I was getting used to those... uh, High 40 and 50 degree sunny day. So they're coming back Saturday and, uh, and Sunday. And we've got Greg Sharp joining us right now. Uh, voice of the Big Red after, uh, after some time away from him during the holiday break. And uh, glad to get him back and talk about uh, what's going on in Husker Athletics right now. Good morning, Greg. How are you doing today? Jack, I'm great. Good. Good to be back in town. How about January almost being halfway over? I know, right? And, uh, and, you know, we had the, we had the cold spell around Christmas, but halfway done and, uh, I got the cargo shorts. I've got them out right now. So, um, uh, keep chopping off weeks with winter. That's what I'll say. And I'll tell you what, Greg, I, I don't know if you saw it, but like three days ago, I was feeling that spring fever and I went and looked at the calendar and I, I pulled up the days remaining till spring training until Husker baseball starts both in the same week. And it's actually, it's actually getting fairly low right now. We're like, uh, you'd be like 30 plus days away here. We're getting in that range, Greg. Five weeks from tomorrow, yeah. I'll be in San Diego. Huskers will take on tough job. The University of San Diego. How about that? Wow, wow, tough job there. Uh, yeah, that's awesome. That's great, and I'm sure we're going to get into that over the course of of the end next few weeks. Uh, real quickly, though, you were telling me off the air you were uh, you got a kind of a, a cool deal last night. You were doing part of the uh, the Outland Trophy uh, Award celebration. Tell us a little bit about that whole thing. Yeah, it was a really fun event. It, this is they've done this up in Omaha for the last 26 years, and this year's winner is. Olu Oluwatimi, who is the center from Michigan, who they picked up in the transfer portal a year ago from Virginia. Wow. And he not only won the Outland, but he won the Remington. So he's going to be he's going to be in Nebraska for a while because the Remington dinner in and banquet is in Lincoln on Saturday. So he won that. That was great. Matt Rural was there. He made he made a few comments to the folks, and Trev Alberts introduced him. It was a really fun event. And they also honored the four Husker Senior Award winners last night as well so it was a fun event and great to see a lot of people up in omaha last night um so since we're talking about offensive line transfers i guess maybe we'll kind of start there and 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 move back nebraska uh, we learned last night gets a uh a, a big transfer out of stanford at the offensive line at the tackle p- position uh one who's got a lot of experience walter rouse and he's going to be headed to nebraska um you know tell us just a little bit not only about this transfer how you kind of think this might uh, affect the positioning the rotation the offensive line, and I guess in combination with the other moves that Nebraska has done along the offensive line this year. Can't you hear it already? Take it to the house with Walter Rouse. I mean, it, it just <laughs> kind of rolls off the top. But I hadn't thought of that. I, I, to me, it's 
it's the biggest area of improvement that this group has quickly put into place. They've got two starting offensive linemen out of the Pac-12. Rouse is a left tackle. And so then you can do some different things. You know, Turner Corcoran had to bounce out there again this year when Teddy Prohaska went down. And I think Turner probably is better fit to be a guard. So all of a sudden you slide him inside. You bring in a guy that's experienced starting at the high level. And then you add Ben Scott, who they got a, a month or so ago from Arizona State. He's a center. You, all of a sudden, I think you feel like you, you that could be a strength of this football team. <laughs> in just a matter of, of nine or ten months, you flip that thing. As you get Nuri back off the suspension, so you add another starting guy back in that wasn't here last year. So I, I'm amazed. I'm not surprised because I think Matt Rule understands the importance of line play, and I think that's going to be an area where he is really going to focus in uh, with this football program. And, and, and since we last talked, Jack, I know last Friday the coordinators met with the media, and my goodness, Marcus Satterfield knocked it out of the park when he's talking about bringing the fullback back and we're going to huddle up and we're going to power some football. I think that started to get the juices flowing. I saw a lot of people wiping their chin in the last five days after hearing some of those comments. It was, uh, yeah, it was, uh, we were joking earlier with some of my other guests that it feels like uh, they basically built his speech out of an algorithm uh, uh, out of what Nebraska fans, you know, really wanted to hear and have been talking about over the last several years and put it together and he uh, he uh, downloaded it for, for everyone to hear. Uh, but it is, you know, I didn't even know, like I had seen a little of South Carolina play this year, and and they had Spencer Rattler. I didn't watch enough of them to feel like I had a real great sense of what Marcus Satterfield's offense was was really like deeply philosophically. But um, he's he is uh, really committed. It was interesting, really committed to huddling the ball, right? To really committed to running the ball, using the fullback. Uh, do, I mean, do you, do you, is this going to be a little bit different than what we saw at South Carolina? Like, what do you kind of expect this offense is going to be? Will we kind of characterize it as a pro-style, run-heavy offense? Is that the best uh, accurate description? What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I think it's time will tell. I'm, I, you know, I don't have my hands totally around what he wants to do. I think uh, part of it's going to be once he gets the personnel assembled, once we kind of have a true picture of what the roster is going to look like, and they get into spring practice and start implementing things that they want to have done. So I don't know that we totally have the answers to those questions. And, and honestly, I don't know that we'll totally know coming out of spring ball. They'll probably want to hide some things uh, and hold stuff back so not to, to tip their hand for Minnesota, who will be the opening opponent next September for this team. But, you know, I, I'll take him at his word that, yeah, we're going to huddle up. He wants to implement the fullback at times. I know they do want the quarterback to be involved in the run game, and that's why Jeff Sims, the kid from Georgia Tech, who's transferred in, he's a guy that can run with the football. So I think they want all those elements to be a part of this offense. But they also, I think, totally understand that you got to be able to throw the football in college football nowadays. Spencer Rattler certainly was good at that yeah. at South Carolina for him. So I don't think it's just going to be run, 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 and then, oh, every now and then we have to throw the football. I don't think it's going to be totally that one-sided. Um, yeah, I'm so curious. I think probably more than anything this spring, I'll be really curious about kind of what develops with the quarterback situation. Um, boy, I would love it if somehow you were able to get into the fall and have both Sims and Casey Thompson hang around. I don't know if I'm just jaded, but that 
seems unlikely, but obviously Sims isn't going to leave. He just he just got here at this point. But then on the other hand, you've got Casey Thompson, who I understand is going to be still recuperating from surgery during spring football. So he probably it's not like you're going to have like a head to head competition of them. one of them's going to win and and one of them's going to lose. Like what are sort of the scenarios that are still in play here for that situation between those two guys? There's a lot of movement, right? That room's really big right now because you still have Chubba Purdy on the roster. Logan Smothers is on the roster. Logan also had some surgery done in December, and so I don't know what his availability will be like for the spring. But if you want the quarterback to be involved in the run game, I think Logan might still have a spot with this football team. So, you know, the transfer portal ends Monday. Jack, we talked a month or weeks, weeks ago about it. it was a 45-day period. Well, that comes to a close on Monday. So kids aren't going to be allowed to to make the jump after after the next four days. But then it opens back up again after spring football, and I do think you're going to see some movement on Nebraska. In fact, if you go through right now, Nebraska's over the 85 limit. Mm-hmm. So they've got some work to do on, on the roster management between now and, and next August when camp starts up. But, yeah, it's going to be really intriguing to follow that. And it's, you know – for shows like this and sports highly, I mean, it's going to give us a lot of fodder to talk about in the coming months. Is this, this kind of the pieces fall into place for this team? Yeah, um, but but it does. Yeah, again, yeah, it's it's interesting because it sounds like Casey's planning on staying around at least for the yep. spring semester. So, yep. but he, but but is it is it your understanding? I mean, I don't expect him to be practicing playing in the spring a whole lot, right? Coming off this surgery, is that your expectation too? That's that's my understanding is that the surgery, which is a was a shoulder surgery to the labrum uh, that takes a little bit of time to recuperate and kind of get that behind you and then rehab it and then build back the, the strength back up in the arm so I, I don't think he he might be able to do some things on the practice field but it probably would be limited if if he's able to throw at all during yeah. spring football Boy, practice. I know it's nor, not the sort of mo of of quarterbacks in college football these days but how great would it be have would it be to if you could somehow get both of those guys to be here in the yeah. fall and and really truly feel like you've got depth if and when an injury comes which it, it kind of has every exactly. time for the last several yeah. years it's just so hard to get through an entire season without you know getting set on the bench and, and missing a week or two because of injury so you really need to have that depth at that position moving moving into the fall yeah that's just a, it's a tough game now to try and do that though as as a coach because nobody you know uh, not especially when you're a highly rated recruit nobody wants to be a backup and and sit the bench and uh so it'd be a great it'd be a great coup if they could pull that off and keep both of them uh staff is now officially finalized just kind of large-scale thoughts now i know we've talked about the coordinators a bit some of the individual hires but now that you've got a chance to see who matt rules put around him what are your thoughts on kind of his strategy and putting this staff together well i go back to his opening press conference when he talked about he's gonna he wants to have a youthful staff that's going to just dive in and, and work their tails off and i think for the most part he's done that and also i think you see kind of a thread that that ties back to the state of texas guys with connections down in the lone star state and there are just so many players down there and yeah there's a lot of competition the schools from all over the country come into that state to recruit but matt rural did a he really won that that state over when he was at Baylor, and so why not go back to that well uh, that you know and have connections and try to get some people back out of? I do think you know, looking back over the last ten years, Jack, I think one of the strategical mistakes Husker football made was kind of abandoning that state when they made the move to the Big Ten, thinking, "Well, we're not going to be able to make those kids come up here and play. We better start looking more to 
the upper Midwest. And and not that you should need to ignore that, but to me, it's still it's a one day drive from most parts of Texas to get to Lincoln for game days. Uh, it's still much closer than Georgia or Florida or some of those spots where I think some of the past staffs have kind of focused in on. So I, I think that's a good move to get try to get back into Texas and pick off some players. And and that's where I think you look at the, some of those guys that he's had in the last particular last couple of days. They've got deep ties into that state. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they they do, and and already some of the guys they've been affiliated with in the in the past and showing some interest in in maybe coming here yep. as well. Uh, all right, let's move on to to basketball real quick. I was in the building on um, uh, on what Tuesday night against Illinois, and it was just uh, man, it was just a bummer because it felt like such a big opportunity. Uh, and Nebraska's been so good at home this year for the most part, and it was um, boy, it just wasn't there for a variety of reasons. And, and and I know you were at that game in, in uh, Kansas City, too, and they played Kansas State. And Kansas State, obviously, a very good game. Uh, team Illinois, a good team, I think, as well. So no shame in that. But they just didn't look there's – a, there's a real gap, it seems like, Greg, between when they're playing well against good teams and when they're not playing well against good teams. And, you know, you can go from, you know, being up on Iowa by 20 – Right to to you know being down Illinois by twenty right in in just a week apart from each other, which doesn't make a whole lot of sense. What do you think? Sort of the biggest thing is that separates those those high ceiling moments from those low low floor moments for Nebraska basketball. Right. Well, now. I think you mentioned the Kansas State game and the Illinois game. I think there are different circumstances. I think the the, the foul trouble that Nebraska fell into, and that, man, that was just a wretchedly efficient game, and, and it didn't. It didn't favor either side. Both teams were just saddled with foul trouble throughout the game. But I think Derek Walker sitting and not playing hardly at all in the first half really damaged Nebraska and put him in the hole and put him in that double-digit hole. I I thought that, you know, even look up with six minutes to go in the game, it's a 10-point game. And so Nebraska wasn't out of it at that point. It got ugly in the last three or four minutes when Illinois really opened up the gap. So, you know, to me, my biggest takeaway from Wednesday night was What's the status of Juwan Gary moving yes. forward? And we, we may get an update later today. Fred Hoiberg's going to meet with the media after practice today before they get on a plane That's and go huge. to Purdue. But if that shoulder, and, and it costs him multiple games being out, that's really damaging to this team because he's been such a good player for this, this, this team and was huge in that Minnesota win last week when he had a couple of nice tip-ins late to keep save a possession and get points on the board. So... I don't really worry about the spread of what happened the other night. I think the foul trouble got him out of their out of their out of their game, and Shannon took it over. He was just phenomenal. Was so for good, Illinois. man. He's I mean, good. That was, that was one of the better performances I've seen inside PBA in a long I, time. I, I was lo- I was sitting down there, right, you know, pretty close to the court, not to brag, but I was down there, and just his speed, just seeing his speed and his ability to go around good defenders and then shoot as well. He's yeah. uh, boy, he's he's as good a player as I've seen there this year. That's an all-conference player, and he got it going. And Illinois was struggling a couple weeks ago. They've kind of found their mojo again. And remember Paul Splitorf, mm-hmm. Jack, the former Royals pitcher, and was a Big Twelve basketball announcer yep. for years. And yep. he, he he said a great line. He goes, "You know, it's not who you play; it's when you play them." Mm-hmm. And I think if Nebraska had played Illinois ten days ago before they kind of got it put together, it might have been a different story. But they. They've righted the ship. They got a nice one over Wisconsin and then came here and kept it going. They're going to be a top three or four team in this league, I think, before it's all said and done. So I, I think you push it and move on. It's really going to be hard tomorrow night, particularly if Gary can't go. Oh, yeah. That's a mon- monumental task against 
Purdue. So then it comes back to home and Ohio State next week. I think that's the next really giant game for this team. Yeah, boy, you're right though. You got it. Gary being out an extended period of time is uh, he's he, he is more he, he's more important to that team than I think people probably even realize uh, in a lot of ways in when it comes to to rebounding and defense in particular. So I hope you're. Or I hope I hope we get some some potentially good news on that. I did see he was on the bench in the second half, but had a bunch of bunch of ice up on that shoulder there at that time as well and uh so yeah we'll we'll see and and, and then the other thing i think you're you're exact it was it was befuddling to me at the game Derek walker and of course he was out for a bunch of the first half but that was the first time this year i think offensively that you had a player and i think it was just kind of the way that illinois the big guy was playing him Derek walker's faced some of the best defenders in the nation literally and for some reason this guy in illinois figured out the key to defending him <laughs> yeah. which is bizarre well he has the girth to keep Derek from doing what he you, you Derek can usually move people because he's a big burly guy, but he couldn't move that is it Danja or Danja yeah. from Illinois. He couldn't move him. He just couldn't get him off the block. And so credit to that kid. And uh, that's a tough matchup for Derek and the Huskers. And and obviously Zach Eady's going to be a tough one for, for Nebraska <laughs> tomorrow night as well. The seven four giant for the Boilermakers. Right. So this is this league's. This league, I don't know that this league has a Final Four team, but, man, it has a just a ton of really good, yeah. solid basketball teams. And so every time you step out there, you're going to have to play play well. And I, I love the, the, the overtime win up in Minneapolis over the weekend. Uh, Nebraska really showed some toughness in that extra period after Minnesota buried the three to send it to OT. Kind of, a lot of times that will drop a team's momentum and, and their confidence level down, but they fought through it to get a nice road win. So that, that was fun to see them do that. And, it's just going to be hard. It's it's, it's it's such a tough stretch between now and the end of the season. Yeah, it, it, I think you. I think you're right. I think Derek Walker matches up better against a, a taller. You know, taller, maybe less uh, guys who look more like him are probably uh, a better matchup yeah. for them than than right. the Zach Eadies and the Kalkbrenners of the world. Probably. Yeah, say, absolutely. Which is so, weird. Just tough stretch, but hey, you know, I think. People are still enjoying watching this team. They play hard. They give maximum effort. Yeah. Uh, they don't shoot it overly well, and that that certainly hurts them at times. And need to get C.J. Welcher going a little bit. Yeah, it's they do. been a while since he's had a game where he's ripped off a couple of three-point shots and made those. He's got to be a little bit better offensively for this group if they want to try to, to get yeah. pick up some wins. And I wouldn't. I still wouldn't mind seeing a little more Denim Dawson and seeing. You're starting to get that actually, but I'm I'm still a little curious about what he might be able to do for this team as well. And how, Jack? How about how about Wilhelm going off for 11 straight points <laughs> Man, in that second Greg, half? I'm gonna be. To uh, Caleb was sitting by me in the game, and I'll be, I'll admit it. I still say no every time he shoots a set shot three. But they were going in, and so I felt kind of bad. Um, but yeah, he, he, in a way I did not expect at all where all he, he had committed foul after foul in that game. He goes off and scores point after point and almost got him back in the game. I did not see that coming, Greg. I'm going to be honest. He started to make some threes and, yeah. and that he has the ability to step out and do that. And if Gary is not able to play, Wilhelm's going to have to pick up the slack and pick up a lot of more, a lot of minutes. Uh, just because every week I'm going to get a little bit, uh, just get a little closer to baseball here. Are, um, what's kind of the schedule practice going to look like here going forward? Are they going to be able, you know, try, I know getting outside is probably important. I know that all depends on the weather, but what's the next month hold for the baseball program? Individual workouts until the last Friday of the month. That's when they're first allowed to assemble as a team and practice. Okay. So they still have a couple of weeks before they can assemble as a team, but 
certainly individual workouts. Pitchers are going through their bullpens right now. You got to start getting that ramped up and ratcheted up. So, yeah, the softball team plays in less than a month. They start a week earlier than baseball, so they're inside of 30 days before they play. Wow. And, and baseball, as we mentioned earlier, five weeks from tomorrow, uh, it opens in, in San Diego on a Friday night game. Love those Friday night games that start at 8 o'clock. We get a little zany on the broadcast <laughs> by about 11, good. 11 o'clock hey, tonight. There will be a lot of people who will have KLIN and, and uh, the other affiliates tuned in with a cold beverage and uh, excited to listen <laughs> to some baseball. That first, I think that first game of the year always breaks some listening records, and I'm sure it will this year as well, and we'll just be jealous that everyone's in San Diego. Just have a little Ariana Grande in the background. Jeez, oh, <laughs> stop. Yes. Don't side with the young guy. Guys, please. Uh, thank you, Greg. I appreciate it. We will talk to you next week, all right? See you, boys. Greg Sharp. He didn't mean that, by the way. Just he meant record. it. It's 856. It's LNK Today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. You're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on 1499.3 KLIN. All right, 25 degrees in the capital city as we wrap up the show. Thanks to our guest today, Greg Sharp. All of you had a fun time with uh, what are we thinking of today? And we need to do that again next week and push off generation collaboration a little bit further. It's coming at some It'll point. It'll come back, yeah. It's coming at some point. It's just a matter of when. And tomorrow's Request Line Friday. Uh, open for you. Whatever you want, Request Line Friday. No restrictions on the genre. Text those into 402-479-1400, the Rickstein Recognition text line. The earlier, the better. You'll get more prominently featured on the show. That's it. We'll see you tomorrow at 9 o'clock. KLI in Lincoln.